0: Welcome to the Forward Onto Dom podcast, the show about the story and universe of the Halo franchise. Uh, This is episode number 40. Now, 40 episodes in the span of 11 years is not exactly the most prodigious track record for a podcast, but we're nothing if not regularly irregular. Uh, And we usually convene your podcast to talk about the latest Halo novel or game preview. Uh, But this week, we're going to do something a bit different. It's a draft for the Halo Expanded Universe sort of Hall of Fame. Don't know if you've noticed, but the Halo EU is massive. Uh, we're at 32 novels, depending on how you count. Uh, a dozen comic series, a bunch of other media, like podcasts, alternate reality games, and films. So we've gathered a fine panel to talk about their favorites and determine the greatest of all time. I know, there's a rocket going off into space, and we can only save a certain number of Halo stuff. I don't know, whatever scenario makes sense as opposed to just arbitrarily drafting things. So we're gonna our panelists will get an opportunity to choose a work and then it's off the board. And so yeah, if you all wanted to talk about and pick Halo Nightfall as your top pick, I'm sorry. That's just not possible. Only one person can get Halo Nightfall. Uh we'll go a few rounds and see what happens. Now to introduce our panel in order of play as determined originally randomly and then we changed it around. Uh first up will be the particular communities Pen's Halo, last seen in episode 37, uh, the Shadows of Reach discussion. Hi, everyone. <laughs> uh, then will be my co-host, Danny. Hydely-hoodly. Then it shall be me, because I'm an ingracious host. And then it'll be Nakai, Covenant Canon, last seen episode 38. Hey, guys. Well, glad to be back. Yeah, I guess this is your first real episode, because it doesn't count the last time, because... You came on late. We magicked you into the yes. recording, the magic of editing. <laughs> but now you hear it from the beginning. All right. So, Pens, you can start us off. What's your top pick? Uh,
1: yeah, my top pick is going to be Halsey's Journal. Um, Out of everything <laughs> in the EU, I mean, we've all talked about it. And if there's one character that just seems to go through the entirety of the Halo universe, it's Catherine Halsey. And the journal that came with reach just gave tons of insight into her character. I doesn't make her any nicer of a character, but she is probably one of the most well-developed characters I've come across in all of gaming and, 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 uh, just everything about that journal was really well put together. And, uh, it just gave tons of insight into her, um, into her character.
0: So, and we're, we're getting stuff followed up on it. Like the, the leftover flash clones featured in shadows Mm -hmm. of reach to this day. I still think it's kind of a, a Dick move to have Eric Nyland come back to the franchise just to explain and rationalize all the stuff he did to change his story. Um, especially now, given what we know about the, the bungee, uh, Microsoft relationship when it came to the novels, but I definitely agree. It was in my list short list. Um,
1: and and the missing pages part of it was, I'll admit, that drove me nuts when I first got it. I'm like, did I get something that was flawed? What, what's wrong here? And then I realized that's the way it was yeah, supposed Yeah, that's to
0: be. A, a good point, actually, because I don't think lots of people knew that, that they, they came with pages ripped out. Um, and the idea was that a couple were sent out with unripped pages. And the idea is that, you know, whoever got those would reveal what was on those, and for whatever reason, whoever got them never did. Um, they weren't plugged into the Halo community on the internet or something. To be so, fair, um...
2: you can't really blame an eight-year-old on Christmas Day, Karen, to be fair.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's true. It could have gone uh, yeah. the limited edition to some kid <laughs> who just grabbed the statue and forgot about everything else. Um, Yeah, so, I mean, now it's been a couple of years, I think, of, I think, Nyland and of Revealing uh, that what it was. Um, and that, it's intriguing. It'll be another thing to see if it ends up uh, showing up later on in something else. Um, that's the, the thing about the Halo Expanded Universe. You might have to wait a decade, but stuff tends to crop up again.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Absolutely. Yeah. All
0: right, Danny, your pick.
2: Oh, okay. So, um, I think the the one I'll choose off the top here um, is going to be Hunt the Truth.
3: You guys remember Hunt the Truth? You remember the wave yeah. it sent out? <laughs> that was a great uh, audio drama.
1: Yeah. That was
3: amazing. The thing is,
1: Hunt
2: the Truth kickstarted off the Halo 5 uh, marketing campaign. It was a big, big push. It culminated with media spots, commercials on Super Bowl, and Hunt the Truth was the, the big meaty um uh, dish for us to tuck into, and there was a lot there. There was a lot of hype going on with the marketing angle. We were pre-set up, preconditioned to have sort of expectations in mind with the sort of visual imagery that the marketing team were sending out with the uh you know the bullets and the master chief visor, and and this was the the sort of tailor crafting into the whole thing. I was I was sucked in. I I wasn't expecting it to be as hard hitting, and to uh and to personally enjoy it as a as a as a media. Uh, event doesn't work, but it was it was it was delicious. Um, I think they misstepped actually with the uh, the sequel to Hunt the Truth, but that first one was so unexpected and the it, the quality part that they hit right out the gate just it was it was pitch perfect and tone perfect for what we needed to to fit that moment as fans, and I think I think that was the most successful three for three have been in doing something signaturely theirs. That you can say, well, this is Absolutely. this is something that they've done, and no other company could have done it like this, and they nailed it. You know,
3: my favorite uh, episode from that was uh, Jackals from season two. Like mm-hmm. it, it really explored the how really scary the jackals can be.
0: Well, in oh, yeah. in general, we're even now three four three has done a lot better job recently, but we're generally starved for a civilian outlook on the Halo universe. And so we get some of it. And mm-hmm. um like Smoke and Shadow with Ryan and her crew is I guess military adjacent, but this is one of the few times we get a really good look at what it's like being I mean, he's he's a, a traveling journalist and stuff, but he's still much more regular guy than most people we follow around. And just for me, the most interesting thing was the the uh, description of going to Oni headquarters and how basically <sighs> everyone stays away from mm-hmm. it, like it's a haunted house, um, and just giving that kind of idea of how omnipresent the the secret police basically is for the the UNSC. I think I think you're right, Danny, in that the second season is a little weaker, but I my understanding is basically they were surprised that people liked it so much they they made the second season a bit quicker yeah um but you got mark hamill <laughs> yeah you can't
3: you can't go wrong with mark hamill
0: i'm not, uh, by any means i'm I'm not, I'm not saying the second
2: season's bad by any means i'm just saying the first season was such a strong blockbuster of a knockout mm-hmm. it was hard to follow up with that sort of consistent quality yeah. bar and I, I don't fault him for not hitting it I, I applaud them for trying, you know what I mean? So I, I, I didn't love the second season, just not as much as the first. The first just nailed it too hard. Mm-hmm. The people
1: who were there for the voice actors did a great job. I mean, Oh,
3: absolutely.
1: I mean, uh, it's like as soon as Hamill opened his mouth, it was like, wait a minute, that's the Joker. Yeah. He <laughs> had a really big Joker vibe from uh, Batman the Animated Series, and I was like...
2: As soon, as
3: soon as I heard that for the first time, I was like, hmm, why does this person sound so familiar? Then clicked immediately that it was Mark Hamill.
2: One thing that uh, yeah. really surprises me is that over in the West here, just generally speaking, compared to somewhere like Japan. Japan has a very big uh, radio drama culture based around their anime, manga, and video games. And we don't really have that over here. I, I just It strikes me now, particularly thinking back uh, over COVID and stuff, why why, why not? Why why don't we get our big properties and just do some audio dramas? Like uh, the uh audiobooks are big are big here now and I, I don't understand why why video games like this, like Hunt the Truth is a perfect encapsulation of, of what happens when when it's done right. So why don't we see more of this? Like why don't we see more yeah, audio content? It's it's quick. You write a script, you get your voice actors, you can bang it out in a couple of weeks. You know what I mean? There's no drawing, there's no video games involved there's no big production it's just a couple of voice actors a couple of writers and get that content flowing
0: i think it's it that's also one of the things that uh hunt the truth kind of came at the perfect moment because 2014 2015 was everyone like everyone who hadn't discovered podcasts to, like to, have you heard of these things called podcasts <laughs> they had serial and all that stuff yeah
3: it, it pretty much helped help boost up the popularity of podcasts pretty
0: much <laughs> yeah and it, this was kind of like halo's entries like we give you something that obviously it's a marketing tie-in but it stands on its own as a engaging piece of media and yeah they kind of yeah, have absolutely. it's kind of funny looking now i didn't even look at all the credits so you got keegan michael key was benjamin gerard it kobe smothers uh jennifer hale troy baker so like the obvious video game people but kumal uh nanjiani yeah, Laura Bailey, so many people. And
3: surprisingly, um the big brother from iCarly, Spencer, he voiced my my uh Sully. Jerry Trainer. I I, I did my little I knew that guy sounded familiar and I researched it. I was like, Oh shit, it's Spencer from iCarly. <laughs> the thing is voice talent can cover a wider base than you might expect, especially
2: because it's a quicker production, you know what I mean? You might get a wider pool of talent that wouldn't be available for say traditional
1: video games or traditional animated films. And really, you don't have to have a, a fancy studio either. I mean, y- you see voice actors all the time that are recording in their closet. Yep. Yep. Call it the Lance Riddick, by the way.
2: That guy knows how he knows how he work the closet. Yes. He does, he does.
0: <laughs> 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 yeah.
1: And I mean, actually, the hunt, for Hunter Truth, the one thing that surprised me was when I when they uh, brought in Mendez. I'm like, wait a minute, that sounds like Stacy Keach, and I was like, haven't heard of him in forever. And he shows up in a Halo pot, in a, in a Halo thing. I was like, that's pretty neat.
3: Yeah. Especially as, like, one of the most significant Halo characters in mm-hmm. in recent books.
0: Played yep. by the sergeant from Cheech and Chong films.
3: Oh, God, I forgot about
1: that.
0: <laughs> that's that's <laughs> how I know him from.
1: Uh-huh. Actually, I remember him from Mike Hammer.
0: <laughs> oh, that's a good. Well, you're aging yourself there, dating yourself badly. I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh, you even get... Uh, Bruce Thomas gets a, a role, which is nice considering. Otherwise, he's just the silent <laughs> face of most cap, mo-cap of Chief. He gets his voice and for stuff. Um, Yeah, Hunt the Truth, great pick. All right, I guess it's me. So Hunt the Truth and Halsey's Journal are both up on mine. Uh, I'm going to pick Halo Evolutions. Mm. Um, oh, ooh, I like that one. The original... Anthology, Halo anthology. Well, I guess, I guess it's depending if you count the halo graphic novel, it's the second one, but it's just full of great stuff. Um, absolutely. Yeah. There's definitely. no, Oh, the weakest of the story is something like palace hotel. And even that, um, I enjoy, uh, the, it stinks that they did this weird split volume thing later, and some of the best stuff uh, got added, but only in the second volume, um, like mm-hmm. uh, "Wages of Sin." But everything about it's great. It's got, I mean, it's it's hard to pick the, my favorite, um, but I definitely think that uh, the impossible, the impossible life and possible death of Preston J. Cole is great. And I, to this day, I'm still upset that. They didn't turn that one into a motion comic. Uh, we got a bunch of oh. stuff in the early early Halo Waypoint days. We got a bunch of motion comics for a bunch of them. Uh, the Mona Lisa, which is great.
1: The uh, Return.
3: Oh, my God. The Return. That is my number one favorite. Shocker yeah, to no one, one.
1: That one was uh, Midnight on the Heart of the Midlothian. Yeah. Heart of
3: Midlothian. Oh, yeah. yeah. That one. Oh, my God. That showed, like, real grit and, like, like that oh, would yeah. like that would really justify the r rating that Halo got in that day, if they had like stuff like that, was well, not
2: Frankie's v story,
0: yeah but so then, yeah, yeah. The story. got a Scotsman running around, yeah, it's great, um, yeah, who knew that Frankie guy could write and
1: human weakness in there was was amazing too, that was
0: yeah, definitely, you know, uh, I think. It's hard to find anyone who wouldn't agree that's Karen Travis's best contribution to Halo.
3: Oh yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah, it's for the most part like standout story after standout story. Um, and we sort of got a free sequel to it uh, with Halo Fractures. I just want them to do more. <laughs> I love the anthology absolutely. stuff, um, especially since it is a way of uh giving us small stories and characters that couldn't. Hold up, a video game or a novel. Okay, Nakai, it is your turn. Okay, um, if I were to say,
3: I would have to say the uh, Halo graphic novel. That is by far like the the art style is just amazing. Um, the storytelling was just awesome for all the other like short stories in there. By far, the Voyage of Infinite Secor is honestly my favorite. Like, I just love how it pretty much expanded the lore with the Covenant and pretty much telling the story of how uh, Artas Vadum, aka the the commander from Halo 2 and Halo 3, lost his jaw, his uh, left left or right jaw? Uh,
0: Left mandibles, I would say.
3: Ah, left jaws. Okay, okay.
0: Yeah, but it's
3: it's just great all around. And it actually, in one of those books, it, it and actually one of those stories it actually introduces Benjamin Giroux from yeah. Hunter Truth as uh, I forget who I forget who
0: said that. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, um, so it's the story Second Sunrise over New Mombasa, which is also yes. At that point, I think that was the only vague look at civilian life
3: yeah that was like the only that was the only story that we ever got with civilian perspective in a halo uh media
1: yeah oh was that yeah that was that was before halo 3 and sadie's story Mm -hmm. right
3: yeah yeah yeah, so
0: it's definitely uh you got armor testing in there so we get maria introduced
3: it was pretty much testing out this the armor that chief would later wear
0: which works as an explanation for why it is already beaten up when chief suits <laughs> up. Yeah, it does make sense. Um then Freaking quarantine was really good too. How Johnson escaped the flood was like sort of not really a necessary thing, uh but it's a really cool, really interestingly illustrated. Uh, but along those lines, uh so there's armor testing, last voyage, and this is succor breaking quarantine. Second sign rise over Numbasa, um, and the other uh, minor thing, which ended up uh, playing a role later on, was it had a and actually is sort of the precursor to like the the data drops um, that uh, they do, or catalog posts on Waypoint, or the Halo loot crate stuff. Was uh, page one twenty two. Which just had like excerpts from, uh, Oni agents. Um, and basically was the first place that introduced the idea that Johnson might be an Orion candidate.
3: Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. Mm -hmm. That was,
0: that was sort of the precursor to those things. The, the book sort of kicked off all the other Halo graphic novels. If you didn't have the Halo graphic novel, you might not have had all the other ones for good and for real.
3: Yeah. Um, We wouldn't, we wouldn't have the, um, Fractures or Tales from Slith Space or the Escal- escalation comics.
0: Yeah, or Halo Uprising was the immediate thing. Um but it was also Who published that. Was that Marvel that published? Yeah. That?
1: Was that Marvel that they were publishing with at that time for that?
0: Yeah, they they did the
3: graphic novel.
0: Yeah. Um and it was at the time it was also impressive because it was a critical and commercial success and usually the video games to comics tie ins were terrible and no one bought them because they were terrible uh so in that way it sort of was laying ground um and actually it's we just got news recently that uh it's been out of print for a while but dark horse comics is going to be uh releasing a new version in late september 2021 You will be able to grab a new edition that wraps us one round so now we'll go back to pens
1: well considering that you took out about five of my picks on my list with uh choosing evolutions <laughs> um i'm gonna say um uh, the fall of reach uh the, the the novel by nyland um i mean that that is that's the that's the start of it for me uh i mean i i played ce but it wasn't until i picked up fall of reach that i really got interested in the overall story of halo and and you know just the backstory and with chief and the rest of blue team and all the Spartan twos, um, Halsey and, um, keys. And later finding out that he wrote that in seven weeks. <laughs> I just, it, it's, it just amazes me that that's where it started.
3: It's astonishing. No, no.
1: So, and like I said, just the, and then the story behind that and the efforts to try to get it published are, is like you would imagine that would be a novel in and of itself you couldn't realize that that actually happened
0: yeah i think you'd never get everyone to talk about it but it would be interesting to do a little dramatical retelling of the early years of halo yeah there were a lot of stuff going on basically created a whole bunch of stuff um and it's it's amazing how much of his choices um and microsoft's choices even back then set up halo um Eric Trotman was talking about uh, how he implied basically that they created the insurrectionists because Bungie was just going to have a bunch of random ships around because it was cool before the aliens showed up. And Eric Trotman was like, why would the humans have a bunch of warships if they're not fighting anyone? (laughs) And so they came up with a reason for why they have a bunch of ships in the games.
1: That and we wouldn't, we really wouldn't have had Halo 3 ODST if it wasn't for that, for that novel either. Yeah. Because... They were the ones who created the ODSTs. Yeah, and they or the the idea of the ODST that Bungie then developed into uh the game.
0: Mm-hmm. And apparently they had to be pushed to put them in Halo two too as well. So Yeah, owe so much to the Fall of Reach. An obvious an obvious pick, but a good one. Okay. Danny
2: So I think in retrospect, it might have be been better had we had uh a little rule for this discussion that uh, forbade anthologies <laughs> and collective single pieces just because I feel no, it's, that it's that's that's just
0: a great pick because you you get to pick multiple stories. No it's, that's the thing. Was, no, uh, yeah that's
2: the thing. I feel like I'm cheating <laughs> by by having this luxury, but um I would nominate uh Halo Legends. Um just for my own personal bias. I love Akame I mean, Manga. I love uh, art style. I love that we were able to hear have uh, a project that showcased Halo in in a different light from the perspective of those different directors. And um, if you've seen other anthologies, like the Animatrix, and there's a, there's actually a Star Wars uh, anthology coming out this year, which should be freaking amazing. And uh, there's just not enough of it. I was hoping, hoping to see um, uh, another... Uh, sequel project to uh, Halo Legends because like, there's so much potential there. Even if the individual stories didn't <laughs> didn't rock everybody's boats, um, <laughs> just to say there, there, there was potential there. You know, just animated Halo. It would have been cheaper than a live action show. We could have gotten it out a longer, a longer time ago. You know what I mean? So there was so much potential, there. even on one-off things. And there was a few directors. I wanted to see. Uh, one of them passed away at the time afterwards uh satoshi khan but there, there's so many new directors out there that could bring something to the halo universe that really wouldn't have a a niche right now in that media landscape and something like halo legends would give them an opportunity i think to to bring a little take to the halo
1: universe that i think we all appreciate which one's your favorite yeah you legends? have to pick that's the other question oh
2: come on oh the beat is not it
1: <laughs> no, no, no.
2: I'm going to go with the stupid one just because I love the fact that it broke into a different audience. You know that sort of comedy, manga, anime stuff. Oh, yeah. That gif, those memes from that little thing helped tap Halo into a new audience. And I obviously we're sitting here going, it's about those guys and those, those children back then. But that's the sort of intermedia marketing that's really important for for what Halo's been pitched towards nowadays, it's not just <laughs> a sci-fi game on Xbox for a bunch of bros, you know what I mean? They want to tap into a wider audience, and there's different ways of doing mm-hmm. that. And tapping into that fan base, those those people online, <laughs> as dangerous as that is, <laughs> I think they were successful, at least tickling, tickling their funny bones for a couple of minutes, you know what I mean? So
0: Yeah, it's definitely... It's interesting in that I don't think the Halo things like the halo graphic novel or halo legends would happen now just because in a lot of ways they feel like products that were a lot more hands off that Microsoft wouldn't do now that they would have their hands in it a lot more and a lot more oversight for good and for ill. Whereas, yeah, like they just let These big Japanese studios do whatever they wanted. And and just for the
2: record, guys, there's one little bit of of Legends that justifies the whole feckin' thing. Even if the rest of Legends in your eyes is trash and not worth your time, you've seen Origins, right?
0: Yeah. Before uh, before yeah, we had this yeah.
2: explosion of content that went into that particular corner of the Halo universe, Origins gave us a really, really meaty first look at a lot of that stuff, the visual imagery, some of that stuff that we were teased at in the games, and it sort of brought that closer to us than anything else in the in the franchise had before that.
0: Oh
3: absolutely.
0: And we we don't know, we can still see if some of that random stuff actually comes to pass. In a similar way. We're like, wait, is Chief and Gravemind gonna face down and they're still, like, Wait, this Cortana's ship? I'm like, what's going on? And I will point this out right
3: now. Uh the duel is just a masterpiece. Just wanna point that out. Oh yeah. Like
0: motion watercolor look to it.
3: And not to mention like the emotion that it had, like and it tells like from a different perspective, like like you said earlier from and in this case, like with the covenant, made made them more humanized, which I appreciated and loved.
0: Yeah. So there's the dual origins, uh, odd one out, which is the non-canon mm. one by Toei Animation, uh, The Babysitter, where Shock, the Spartans, a girl, uh, Homecoming, where <laughs> actually that's I do remember vividly the trailer. Which actually the the, the trailer for uh, Halo Legends is honestly to me better than the. The thing in total, because ultimately the anime stuff didn't work for me, but the the trailer is rocking. Uh, the soundtrack for Halo Legends is great.
2: You didn't mention the uh, the prototype, the um, oh,
0: yeah. the Mac one. The, yeah. I love I love Mac. That was Halo Mac was
2: just that's something I didn't expect to exist, Ugh. but I want more. Oh.
0: Yeah, and that actually that tied into was it Halsey's journal? Where they they basically had the prototype? Yeah, the and Mac the, um, is. Uh, was uh, like Mark III or whatever.
1: Actually, yeah, that ha- that. There was an image in there of that mech. It was like supposed to be a really early development of Mjolnir or powered mm-hmm. assault armor.
0: Yeah. yeah, so there was a little tie in there, and stuff from uh, the package I think has shown up later on, little tiny bits. So it's it's definitely still remembered, the Halo franchise. Oh, also, it had a, a before the uh, Foreigner trilogy. It gave us the first uh, indication of ancient humanity uh, because the babysitter has them going to these ruins, which are totally like human ruins on this alien world.
2: Very human ruins, but obviously not human ruins. Yep. 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 Yeah. But then yeah. They, they
0: explained that. So it all made sense. Okay. I will pick, hmm, our oh, being truly mean, since obviously Nakai is going on a, a, a clear. Mm-hmm strategy here i would try and snipe him but i'm not going to um <laughs> you can snipe me i don't care <laughs> uh i'm going to pick conversations from the universe uh, this is the limited edition halo 2 manual which came from the covenant perspective with everything also in the the manual they had conversation of the universe which were just short little uh bits people around like from some elites talking about, Hey, why are we trying to kill these humans the entire time? Uh, And why are the prophets favoring the brutes? Stuff like that. Um, Apparently this was also substantially written by Frankie. So maybe that's one reason I like it. Uh, But like we were talking about a lot of these, these, these pieces of media we've chosen were some sort of like breakout into a new corner of the universe or something like that, or a new medium. Uh Conversation of the Universe was one of the few examples of giving us more of those perspectives. Um, and a lot of the stuff obviously couldn't fit in the games, uh, but it was nice to have. And I wish I wish we got more stuff like that. I know game manuals aren't a thing anymore, but it'd be nice to have, All right? Uh, Nakai?
3: This is going to be a random one. The loot crates from a few years ago. Those ones were, or at least, okay, let me correct myself. The first wave of the loot crates. Those were my favorite also. Those, those ones I would keep in a capstone also.
0: As you wish. I will allow you to draft the entire loot crate. <laughs> because those delve so deep
3: in lore. in like Even in little documents. From all over Halo uh, media. From uh, Halo Renegades. Uh, Hunters in the Dark. The Kilo 5 Trilogy. It pretty much... Those... Uh, series like it really expanded the lore in different measures which it wasn't really that necessary the first wave not the other ones because they they lacked the lore stuff which as many of you know I'm a big lore nerd and yeah but it did but I will say this the loot crates they did provide us a lot of uh juicy um uh, merch like say for example um a grunt uh keychain which that I still have and I will always love um the statues um and uh yeah like like there's stuff that I still use to this day like the Noble Team uh sunglasses um they're just like I said before um The loot crates they do expand the universe out from other pieces of lore, like, um, like I said, Halo Renegades, uh, the Fall of Reach, um, the Kilo Five trilogy, and so many, so much more. And I think, in terms of like, I think the casual fans to the heavy duty lore fans could appreciate the loot crates. How to continue? And had it been revealed, had it been changed back to what was during the first wave. Um, but yeah, I I would say the the my favorite of the loot crates has to be the Covenant uh, loot crate, where the with the Prophet of Truth uh, stat, statue uh, that we got.
1: Was was that in the second wave? I believe so. Wave? I believe that was yeah. in
3: the second wave. I
2: have to say the, the lore of the loot crate actually really pissed me off. I I, I don't mind loot crates. Like The idea of buying tat and getting every month is, is awesome if you're into it. Like I have no problem with that. I really had a problem with them putting in that exclusive content and lore into it to, to incentivize it because I'm not going to buy a bunch of plastic sh- just to get some words in my head. And I don't like this practice.
0: That's what Reddit was for.
3: <laughs> that is that is actually fair. That it's kind of restricted to people who have to spend their money to just to get this lore. But in all fairness, uh, people from Halopedia they've they've yeah, done a very good job fire. in keeping people informed, keeping people like giving people the the pictures, the documents from the loot crates. Just so pe- everyone could get uh, the lore. Yeah,
2: but if 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 you if you like buying lore, like supporting the products, and you, you're you're a fucking adult, you want to buy and get the things you want and support it, so you can get more into it. So and in that case, I ain't buying plastic figures, no matter how awesome they are, and a bunch of t-shirts and that, just to get fucking lore. I did
0: not have issues with that. Although with the later ones, I think my issue with some of the drops was it felt like. This was, like...
3: It felt lazy. They
1: were just trying to fill something in is what it felt like, um, especially with that last series.
0: Yeah, I think it just, for, like, the... Especially, let's see, like, the Series 2 stuff, it was like, all right, like, are you gonna, like, say Cortana's evil, or is she rampant, or, like, it just seemed like they were playing to people's attitudes.
3: It was just trying to find a way of justifying cortana from halo cortana's actions from halo five pretty much why she went all evil all of a sudden out of nowhere like i just felt like okay are we gonna stop talking about cortana and just get to like into the expanded
0: universe and all that it's just i don't know it's just one of those things you made you made the character choice now lay in it don't don't prevaricate around it like well maybe um there's some really cool art in all of them, though. Oh, absolutely.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Most of those, most of the posters that came with it, are, you know, when you unroll them, you look on one side, they're beautiful. Oh,
3: my they're God. Especially really the well one done. with uh, the Banished with uh, Adriox. That one was, like, fantastic.
0: <laughs> uh, I hadn't looked at some of these. There's, like, the like weird Funko Pop-styled uh, human combat form. <laughs> it's, like, kind of horrifying, yet also really cute at the same time. <laughs> it's funny. Okay, all right. we're back around to pens. We'll do one more round, and then we'll do quick shout outs I think
1: okay um hmm. I'm gonna say forward unto dawn uh that was three four three's first lot intro into the live action. um it was really well done, absolutely. Um, I really enjoyed it, you know, minus the ending that had Fred and Kelly to- take their helmets off, and Chief didn't but yeah, but that's just to me. That's kind of a minor. Well, thing.
0: Kelly didn't want to keep showing that the fact that she had a knee plate glued to her helmet. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and then, um, and I think also, I think the soundtrack for Fortnite Honor* to *Dawn* is really underrated. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I love that soundtrack.
3: I still have the Axios. Uh, oh yeah, that, that, is an that amazing I still track. have it on my phone. I play that all like once in a while, and it just fantastic the the cgi the graphics is just phenomenal it's way better than uh nightfall had in my opinion
0: Ford unto dawn is a great example of they knew they didn't have a big budget etc and so they worked with their mm-hmm. limitations and that was really successful whereas nightfall was more ambitious but it fell down because it couldn't reach those ambitions yeah um so yeah like you don't see the Covenant a lot but that makes them scarier and creepier and it makes it into a monster movie and it's great because it's these kids who have never met aliens before um, and that works really well Uh, yeah and they it still gives me major points because A they kill off the love interest she doesn't survive (laughs) thank you and my I think to this day like it's shocking but also hilarious is that they blow away the teacher with a super combine (laughs) she's like no Thomas, run away! And she gets super combined and exploded. Um, and that that just makes me laugh every single time. <laughs> no, I mean i i
1: went into went into that you know as as a web series. I really didn't have any expectations to it, and I was utterly blown away. And I think, much like with Hunt the Truth, um, with you know the the first one versus the second one, it's like to me they hit pretty much everything out of the park with that one. And then you had Nightfall, which, I mean, it had its good points. Uh, the second stories were always great for Nightfall, at least in my mind. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it just, it just didn't quite hit what they, the bar that they set with Forward unto Dawn.
3: It didn't hit the nail that much.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely agree. I think pretty much. Well, I don't know. Maybe Horuspis would argue that Nightfall's better, but I think most people would agree Forward unto Dawn, and he has. <laughs> Yeah, and I mean, it was, especially, um, I think Daniel Cudmore as Master Chief especially did a good job. Like, oh, it was yeah. It's one of those things Absolutely. where oh, yeah. he he's actually, he wins because he sort of, we're going to have the live action thing, but he broke the, like, what are people going to do when it's not Steve Downs and, like, why the 17-year-old doesn't sound like Steve Downs, like, I'm going to be upset. But they did a really good job with the, yeah. the costume and everything. Oh, and yeah. It worked. You don't need Steve Downs to
3: be Master Chief. Like, as long as they get like the tone and pretty much the character down, you don't really you don't need the voice actor, you just need to keep true to the character. That's why I think they did a really good job uh with Ford on Don, Master Chief.
0: Yeah. And um, obviously it introduced us to the character of Beamish, the janitor. <laughs>
1: That was probably one of the more disturbing stories in Halo Fractures.
0: <laughs> wow. Thank you, Trivia. Hamish Beamish is currently the only confirmed bisexual in the Halo series. I missed that part in the, the Fractures <laughs> anthology. That's mm, <laughs> Space mop. All right. Danny? Your turn.
2: Are you? Was, was it two pieces? You said. I, I give my no, top two. No, just one more. One more. No, that's the third. That breaks the rule too.
0: <laughs> no, I never said top two. What are you talking <laughs> you about? You did. You <laughs> said
2: two pieces of media. That was your explicit instructions. I followed to a letter.
0: Well, now you're just gonna have to pick one more, Danny.
2: Uh, okay, there was one I was going to bring up earlier, and it was kind of brought up, but not as a as a as a, as a focus. Um, I'm going to pick uh, okay, the return. You're
0: going to specifically pick the return. Fine. I'll allow it. It's actually, it is weird to think about, like, because we were talking about earlier how Origins was sort of like, oh, what's going to happen in the post-Halo 3 era? Like, that entire thing in Return was also like that, that it was set super far in the future, and we had no idea what was going on, really, in the universe in that point. And at this, since, I need to double-check, but, like, now we're basically past it in the the Halo timeline. So it's kind of funny to think that it was, it was so far away and now we've lapped it with events after it only took a decade or so. But
3: the return is honestly an amazing story. Yeah, Both as a uh, story within evolutions and as a motion comic. I just love the imagery. The
2: only reasons why I liked it is because it's a post-war story. It's, it's from the other sides from the enemy side as it were. And it's also uh, a continuation because uh, when Halo Three ended, like that was it. Like, how do you how do you go up forward a bit and tell a story in that post setting? And I think the return was a really good uh, template of how you go about that. If you don't want to, if you don't want to bring the whole universe with you when you go forward, how do you go forward and tell a story in that post war setting? And like, I, I think it's still very effective. It's simple. Like, it's not trying to tell a, a massive scale story. It's it's pretty small scale, but I think that works. It's mm-hmm. Uh, benefit
0: and it's oh, it's worth noting absolutely. that uh yeah, definitely the for the people who the high the mendicant bias needs to come back to halo fans that's one of your your possible uh things because the shipmaster mentions that the the example of the monitor that they found um on the human outpost looks like an oracle that he once existed in high charity could be talking about three four three guilty spark. Could also be talking about mendicant bias. So mm. maybe, mm-hmm, maybe yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Um, for my third pick, I will pick Halo Silentium. Mm-hmm. Um, this was something when we we talked about it on the the Fudcast way back when. Um, it was one of those things where after I read it. I was like, you know what, if they ended the entire Halo universe with this book, I would be fine, because it did such a good job tying into what we knew, answering, like, some long simmering questions, uh, like, callbacks to things like uh, 343 Guilty Sparks uh, conversation with the Didact, and, like, if it was your choice, would you do it? Um, everything like that. It was, I think, the overall, the Forerunner trilogy was kind of uneven. It was also just so remote in a lot of ways from everything that we knew uh, for better and ill, but silentium tied it in. Um, And it's, it's kind of funny to go back to the, the pace of it is relentless. Um, And it really fits into the sort of tragic story of the forerunners that everything kind of falls to hell at the end. Um, And they're just trying to figure things out. Um, It was, it was a great book, a great end to the trilogy. Um, and it could have been in the alternate universe where, for whatever reason, Microsoft decided it hated money and canceled the series. It would have been a great way to end it on.
1: Yeah, I mean, it it took a bit for me to get used to Greg Bear's writing style, but um, yeah, especially in Primordium. But uh, Silentium definitely was really good, um, and the um, the additional audio. Oh yeah! Um, oh yeah! After that, <laughs> which kind of told like the post story or the yeah the reseeding of Earth, um, was really well done too.
0: Well, that's the it had like two. It was, I mean, it's one of those things that is annoying if you buy the book and it doesn't come with the entire story. Yeah, but I think it had ended up having two uh, audio postscripts. Um, one that had the reseeding of everyone, um, and the trial of Mendicant Bias. Um, yeah, it just tied in really well with everything. Um, and that stuff. Speaking of plot threads coming back after almost a decade, uh a lot of the stuff in Silentium with uh Path Colonna and stuff, Kathona, uh turned up in the latest uh Halo novel. So, after all this time, this thing still matter and come up with resonance. Okay. Mikai, you want to pick one more?
3: Okay, now this is going to come as a shock to no one, but uh, "Broken Circle." Absolutely love that <laughs> novel. It was, it, like I said, shocker to no one. Um, this book is just full of interesting perspectives to elites who wanted, who didn't want to join the Covenant, and those who were fully who were. It's pretty much a two side story for both elites and prophets. Like it like two different sides of a coin. It really makes both species gray and it also tells pretty much the how, how sensitive the situation was with the founding of the Covenant. And it also shifts to during the events of Halo Two, which is honestly just amazing. I love the story, the the writing style. Oh, uh, that was John Shirley. Ah, yes, John Shirley. Yes, he did a great job with uh, flushing out the characters. I particularly love Usa Zealous. What was that? And Ken Scraben and his descendant. Um, and just so much, so much other. I can go in all day, but. um overall i love the book and i would carry it with me to my dying breath
0: yeah it's also the most uh if you wanted bioshock mixed in with your halo it's the book for you oh yeah this john shirley wrote the the bioshock novel rapture and there's a lot of the same kind of things uh, with oh yes how about that the wrecked foreigner installation where half the people have gone crazy <laughs> oh yep i can definitely i Similar vibe. Definitely
3: see that now. Actually, <laughs>
1: yeah. I always liked the concept of the shield world that would disassemble itself before it went through slip space.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that that, that was that really tied cool. In with- and I also and I love and I love the concept that there were elites who didn't want to join the covenant.
1: Oh yeah. Well, you kind of got that in. um The duel and uh, things. The like duel. That. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but it was yeah. it I gave you Yeah, that's true. I mean, so... That's but true. This, so the that that novel was the first one actually got into it deeper. And that was pretty interesting too. Like
3: I said, both the elites and the prophets made made them less one-sided uh characters, more gray instead of black and white.
0: Yeah. And uh, we get to go back to the the Sanchaum homeworld where the guys who got left behind became like weird biotech system shock people. Yeah, and
3: there's actually living living plants that are (laughs) that they actually
0: ride living plants yeah it was super cool it's weird and bizarre and stuff that we don't normally get in halo like really alien world pretty much and it's got a whole mars needs women thing going on too it's a (laughs) subplot (laughs) high charity needs females so now we've we've picked our favorite and now in honor of danny the spite round where (laughs) instead of saving treasuring for generations, we instead load up a capsule with a halo piece of halo media that we want to just erase from time, shoot into the sun and don't have it exist anymore. We, if the halo universe would be better off and I'm guessing going to be nice to Danny further and say that you can't, get rid of something someone mentioned so I cannot eject Halo Legends into the sun in this case. (laughs) That's fair. But what if it was like a story
3: within Halo Legends?
0: You know, I'll allow that. Since Danny picked a story in Evolutions, Uh I'll allow you. If you want to get rid of a single story from Halo Legends, you can. Alright, Pens, you want to go first? Uh,
1: I think if there is one thing that I'd just want to get rid of it. It's mainly because of it ended up being like a focal point for everyone's dislike of Halo five. I think it was the, uh, the two commercials that with that had the, I can't remember what the title was, but essentially you had Locke and then you have chief both talking and they came across each other at the foot of a master chief statue.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah.
1: That's like, if there's anything i mean i I generally don't dislike like to the point where I want it gone any of anything of if in any genre that I really enjoy, but well you clearly right there,
0: can't be a star Wars fan so yeah.
1: Uh, <laughs> uh, I actually never was a big Star Wars fan oh. until much, much later. I never saw this I never saw the movies originally when it came out and I'm old enough to have seen them when they originally came out. Well that's why out. you're so nice and
0: well adjusted. This explains everything. <laughs>
1: my wife and my parents would disagree with you on that, but thank you. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I'd probably say that those two commercial spots are definitely something I'd rather didn't exist. Um yeah. It just it just it seemed to solidify this the idea of, oh we're going into Halo 5 with this story and then it totally wasn't. I think
0: you and... I think you bring up a good point too that I think more than the Hunt the Truth podcast it was the other marketing that did a disservice to the game in terms of implying uh the level of chief lock conflict and how much you're going to be chasing after each other. Yeah.
3: Which was only condensed into one cutscene, and then yeah, nope, it was like we're allies now. We got thread help each other. for
0: <laughs> <laughs> thread for two missions, and then a cutscene, and then yeah, um, yeah. So all right, that's a that's an interesting pick. The I would just broaden that to say the the oh, what's it like conquering hero? I forget what the specific ad. Was, I think right? that was that was the title. Yeah, yeah. All right, good pick. Okay, Danny.
3: That, that,
2: that pick was, was extraordinarily fucking good because it was top of my salt list because it was enough <laughs> to drive me away from a lot of the franchise, actually. I, I was really particularly bitter. Just, what, this is terrible. Like, this is not... You're literally selling me a different experience. You know what I mean? It was it was very yeah. manipulative yeah. and I just didn't feel like this is what I wanted for my money, you know I me mean, just as a customer, this is not what I wanted to pay for, but this is what I got. Not it's not that it was a bad game in the end either. It was just the complex and stuff. But so with that option off the sorry off the about table that guys, I will present to you a I will present to you a <laughs> very selfish, selfish choice here. That's it's very simple, right? So just I'll pitch it for you, right? Imagine imagine a new game, right? A new game. A whole fucking game, a whole new game, right? And it's set it's set around the events of Halo 1. And, and, and it draws, right? This countdown draws from the EU. It sounds awesome, right? A new game. Drawing from the EU. Set during Halo 1. How about we don't let you ever feck in place because it's exclusive to some stupid chain in a different country? <laughs> Fire Team Raven. I hate It's not because it's bad. It's not because it is bad. I hate that it exists the way it does because I can't play it. How dare make a Halo game? I can't play. That is fundamentally against me.
1: You know? I didn't realize that. that I didn't realize you couldn't play that. I've never played.
2: I haven't even smelt the game. I haven't even smelt someone who's played the game even. That's how badly in in in, in Fireteam Raven Droughtland that I exist in. And I probably won't. Oh, Get a chance to play it anytime soon. And I won't, because even if I do, like when I'm 80 and someone finally offers me a chance, I will smash it to bits in my old crippled hands. You know? Because that's how much spite I feel toward that no, thing existing right now.
0: The, the plastic itself, the plastic gun will just disintegrate. There
2: <laughs> go. Now, some of you guys, I understand, may have had an opportunity to play it, and I hope you guys enjoy it, because it sounds awesome, and it really sucks that, as a Halo fan who likes playing video games, I can't play a Halo video game, because, you know?
0: <laughs> you know, Danny, I was going to say that shouldn't count, because we said non-video game things, but A, it's enough of a spin-off, and B, it basically is video game tie into the hail of the flood so I'll uh, Yeah I'll allow your spite. <laughs> I recognize your spite. Thank you.
1: <laughs> it's
0: justified, yeah. The chair recognizes Danny's upset nature. <laughs> All <laughs> right. <clears throat> Add some picks, but I think going along with to piggyback on a pick that was made earlier, Hill a graphic novel. I think it's overall okay. I like some stuff, and I don't like other stuff. But if you had asked me back then, hey, what's the follow-up for the graphic novel going to be, I would not have picked. It's going to be a thoroughly mediocre four-issue series to explain the gap between Halo 2 and Halo 3, and the final issue won't come out until more than two years after the game. And that is Halo Uprising. It's just really, aside from it's got the death of Ackerson and he goes out in a slightly heroic way, other than that, there's nothing that interesting in this. It's a bunch of people running around. It's Chief running around fighting some guys. I mean, if you really wanted to see him stick a brute up the nether regions with a, a plasma grenade, you got that in this. But for everyone else... It was just a waste of time and money. And I cannot believe that they actually made it. They made a hardcover version of this in 2009, and then they made an oversized collection in 2013. So if four or five years after the series came out, you wanted a a large, just perfect example of like, oh, I want a large format of this kind of bad art, you could get that. And it's just, there's... I wouldn't say it's necessarily the worst Halo comic, but it's definitely got the least redeeming value to it. All right. Nikai, you get to close it out. Okay. So,
3: I was originally going to say odd one out, but after thinking it over, uh, nope. The one that deserves to be lodged into the fing sun is the Fall of Reach animated series. Oh, boy. That thing it did great disservice to the freaking mm. novel i was
1: gonna say the the I, yeah i mean the one scene where he fights the odsts is the one that always went, dri- that drives me look, nuts look like he
3: was a psychopath no yeah oh my god no it was when it made him look like he was a psycho <laughs> yeah. like honestly and and and, but look cool,
1: right? It looked cool,
3: right? It
1: had that going for it. <laughs> no, it did not look cool.
3: I'll also mention this, and I know this might be a bit of a nitpick on my part, but having elites in in the Covenant cruiser where Sam dies, no, there, it was composed of jackals, not elites, not grunts. No, it, it pretty much ignored the book at all. It was just trying to show off just oh there's blue team oh just in case. It was a fine for establishing newcomers into the Halo series who don't don't really know uh Blue Team and all that that are coming to Halo five. But still, man, like if you're gonna do it like that, just
0: at least be loyal to the source material. Well, you know, it was it was loyal to the source material because like the source material reach doesn't really fall much in the book and it definitely doesn't fall in the, the live action it's like have it like more reach in it at least the book had
3: more reach in it yeah like but uh, like there was only one like little scene where reach was in it like that was it like like 10 minutes nothing or not even 10 minutes five minutes it was
1: mainly their training pieces that were in
0: there. Yeah, once, and that was
3: like, and like I said, it was only yeah. five minutes long.
0: Well, see, I would disagree with you only for the reason that I love the soundtrack to it. Um,
3: oh, no, 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 no. Don't get me wrong. The soundtrack is amazing. But if we get rid of it, I don't get the soundtrack.
0: I'm done by Like,
3: without the soundtrack, it, like, that's the only redeeming quality is the soundtrack and the anim- animation.
0: The animation was good. Yeah, I think like Uprising, like the most damning thing you can say was that it was unnecessary. It didn't really do a great job of introducing Blue Team. It wasn't a good adaptation. We'd already had the Marvel Comics adaptation of it. And then it had to be an adaptation, it added issues that weren't there before. It's not like Fall of Reach doesn't have canonical issues, but. They added more it 's unfortunate,
1: I mean, like I said it was it was there to introduce new players in, which is something that I think three four three does need to figure out how they're going to do, especially if you want people to get invested in the universe. They have to find a way to hook people to get them in um, to introduce the characters and bring them up to speed without having to read thirty two novels or you know have have to go back and play all the games again. Um, you want them to do that eventually, of course, but there needs to be a way to bring them in. And I think this fir- that first attempt, I think, just wasn't all that good.
3: Yeah. It, to be very kind to the team. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, very kind. That's very kind description. <laughs>
1: <Yes>. <laughs> well, I mean, yours is probably more accurate. <laughs> it's just, you
0: know. Yeah. Alright, so uh, I guess before we go uh, if there's any the bring out your dead, if there's any uh, media you want to bring up briefly before we go that uh, should be talked about uh, the one I did want to two I did want to mention uh, were Renegades um, because I think like uh, Silentium, it was another great like ties in a bunch of Halo stuff uh, that we have been waiting on a long time and did it really well. Uh, and then halo mythos, uh, the,
3: Oh, oh my which God, gives us some mass. That was a masterpiece. If there was any, uh, halo Bible that would mythos would be it.
0: Um, which in terms of, I mean, obviously no random person is just going to buy this giant oversized coffee table book to learn about the halo universe, but it's probably the best entry into it. Um, and, even for long time fans it gave us um some great art that finally showed stuff that you, people had only been thinking about and had giving a a real look at concrete look at stuff that it was only described in the novels and stuff uh it's
3: great um i'm going to say this right now halo bloodlines that is the most underrated halo comic or graphic novel i would say of all time that one's like the art is just so well done. Black team is great. I love the covenant side with uh, Thawne and Ref. Um, it it just it was such a good n- novel, and the way they freaking ah uh, the cliffhanger was just amazing in the end of the book. And then they were murdered. Hill escalation did a great disservice to Black Team when they were just killed off randomly.
1: Yeah, yeah, three four three did then dirty uh, on that one. I mean,
0: I think my favorite part about that was they still left them in the original Mark Six for their their death. <laughs> <laughs> like they don't even get like the little Gen Two handwave. Well,
1: and Black Team is frankly dysfunctional as hell too. Which you know, like the Spartan Two super soldiers, you know, you don't think that, but. They just, in that novel, it's like, wow, this is a really dysfunctional team that somehow still
0: works together. Well, I think that might be one of the reasons, honestly, that 343 got rid of them. Because the whole, especially with the whole, the rest of the Spartans beat the crap out of someone to the point she lost her eye. And, like, they were having a relationship and stuff. Like, they, they didn't want to deal with that. Um,
3: mm. I yeah, know. I can understand that. But, I mean, there had to have been a better way to, to send them off. There had to be oh, another yeah.
0: way. It's if you cared about those characters, that was definitely not a great way to see him go. Yeah.
1: Although a tie-in, a tie-in to that is uh, that actually by Frankie Saint's testimony, Ooh, yeah. um, I think is, is is a really really good short story. I think was
0: that released as an e. It was novel? released um, as a separate thing, and then
1: yeah, it definitely was included in fractures. But but I mean. Just just the whole thing of it where you had uh, had her essentially saying, you know, don't (laughs) don't kill me. And it ended up being Roland and Black Box that had manufactured the whole thing. I just thought that was it was a really interesting thing. It was a unique story uh, and a unique, unique way to tell it. Um, I, I definitely think, you know, if you're looking for something, that's definitely something worth reading and reading again, too.
0: Yeah. That's really, for a short story, it gets a lot in there. Well, if we're going to, because we didn't pick Halo Fractures, the other short story anthology, I would pick out, if I had the single one there that I really liked, uh, Defender of the Storm, where we get to follow the life of the adequate observer, the mediocre forerunner. <laughs> like, we spend all this time with the amazing guys building, like, this stuff, and instead we follow, like, the... The basic grunt guy who is okay at his job, and he ends up uh, having this own little side story that doesn't matter at all to the the wider Halo universe, but it's really entertaining, uh, and it's a lot of fun. Okay, well, thank Pens and thanks uh, Pens and Nakai for coming on.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for having me on again. <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah, for real. Yeah, this definitely. Stuff. Thanks all right appreciate it yeah okay so that wraps up this episode of the 400 on podcast uh, show notes and links for this episode as well as articles and more can be found on our website 400 you can subscribe to the podcast via iTunes Google Play if that still exists Spotify or Stitcher uh, check out our videos on YouTube at youtube.com slash uh, you can check out Kai's stuff there at Covenant Canon uh, and you can follow us on Twitter for updates to all our content by following the handle at Ford dawn Thanks for listening, and see you next time.